0: Dogs of Warcry is a new podcast from the Mortal Realms, focusing on Warcry, a fast-paced cinematic skirmish game by Games Workshop. Join us for discussions on gameplay, rules, lore, painting, terrain building, campaigns, and events. In this rare 8.5 episode, we're going to present and discuss our Circle of Paint challenges. You've heard us lamenting about it for months. And you may never get a episode 0.5 like this ever again. Welcome to the Warband. My name is Eric, and answering the call with me this week is Josh. How you doing, man?
1: Excellent. Thank you.
0: And Paven, how are you doing? I'm back, baby. <laughs> uh, so we've got uh, a fun episode. It's going to be pretty light. Uh, we're not going to be covering a lot of, uh, the topics we usually cover. We're just going to dig in here. Uh, but I do want to start off the episode with a big thank you to everyone listening, uh, who's been downloading, sharing, uh, and reaching out over social media the past two seasons of Dogs of War Cry. We are going to be back in a season three, um, Uh, but we're not sure when that's going to happen. We've done 16 and a half now episodes. Uh, We've been sharing our excitement for this little skirmish game uh, by that little company called Games Workshop. Uh, We've already seen new models for the next wave of Warcry. We fully expect there to be more releases, rules exploration, maybe a 2.0, and uh, hope to add our own experiences, uh, jump into some events and all that kind of stuff, and share that with all of you. So as I mentioned, we're not sure when season three is going to launch, uh, and will likely coincide with whatever is kind of coming next with Games Workshop launches, uh, releases, uh, changes, um, and obviously uh, changes to the social distancing that we're experiencing now. Uh, it really matters being able to to get into the store and play uh, games. Uh, this is a this is a game to play together, uh, and so that will that will help us to kind of get into the narrative and such. Um, one, uh, real quick, we'll announce, uh, for season three, uh, circle of paint challenge. Um, we are going to, uh, a few of us are going to opt into, uh, well, we, how I put it? We're going to be starting new war bands, uh, for this next season, whenever that starts. And obviously there's some new war bands coming out. We've seen some uh, teases of some Uh, signs of the flame have obviously been anticipated for a long time. And then the Canaanites, Um, but there may be more by the time we get to that season. Um, So we're going to opt in. A few of us are going to maybe offer up two or three choices, and we're going to let you, the listeners decide um, what we tackle uh, for a war band that season. So you might be interested in Josh um, uh, playing some Canaanites or, Uh, me um, putting my pre-paint already painted ogres on the table (laughs) so don't have you know that whatever you're interested in me putting on the table Um, and uh, and we'll work on that through the next season we'll announce that we'll put those polls out when we get closer Uh, in the meantime I want you to check out the story phase uh, in the upcoming weeks and months we're gonna be reviewing discussing and Maybe even rolling up some characters for Soulbound, the new Age of Sigmar role playing game from Cubicle 7. Um, and we may even run through an adventure or two, uh, in the near future. Um, actually, Paven, Josh, myself, uh, as well as, uh, other, uh, Mortal Realms crew, Aaron and Phil, were invited to playtest the role playing game uh, by a cubicle seven. Actually, un- unbeknownst to us, got our credits uh, in the publication. If you got the PDF already, then you might see us on the, uh, in one of the first few pages. Um, and we really enjoyed the experience. Uh, and uh, if you are interested in tabletop role playing games, if those are your thing and you love the Age of Sigmar setting, then you should definitely check it out all right that's enough talking from me it's time to have conversations um we're gonna make a quick pit stop in the visions of madness do i need to pretend like my brain is hurting? yeah I- <laughs> <the thing> that- <laughs> all right all right real quick Oi! no no i got a different one, I got different <laughs> one.
2: <laughs> eric This is your madness. Okay, no, no, that's not working. I don't got it. Uh, Maybe I'll work work on it at home later. Okay. All right. Next
0: season, I I expect some foley work uh, out of both of
2: you. Sound effects, uh, (laughs) a lot of of different voices, character voices.
0: All right. News on the Warcry front.
2: uh, It's just we have been teased that the Lumineth Realm Lords rules for Warcry are going to be in the May White Dwarf. So, you know, that new brand new spanking new faction, a lot of cool minis. Right away, we're getting support for that uh, that group, that Age New Age of Sigmar army in Warcry. Um, so we don't know what those rules are, uh, but it's very cool. You know, this is something I was really hoping they would do. That um, for me personally, painting a new army is very intimidating. It you know it can take me a year to get uh, painted through enough points to play a proper Age of Sigmar game. But I'd love to be able to like dip my toe in a little bit, see if I like it, see if it feels right, and also be able to like field my painted minis in a game um, before I have, like, you know, six units painted up. So, very cool. What are your all-thoughts?
1: Definitely. You know, they showed a picture in the uh, you know in their preview of the White Dwarf, and you can see some of the models that they're planning to include. So, I think they'll have some decent options. But, yeah, I'm really excited they happen to do that so quickly as well.
0: Yeah. I think when you put something new out like that, you want to give as many people uh, as possible a reason uh, to pick them up. And so if they can apply to more than one game system at a time, uh, then I think that that just, I mean, it just gives you more doors or more paths to to purchase. So I'm excited for that too. And uh, hopefully it moves the Warcry story uh, forward a little bit. That's cool. Very cool. All right. Well, um, that's exciting. Uh, that's something to look forward to before we get uh, any big, big uh, releases later this year. Um, all right. I mean, is there anything else we can do to stall before we get into the circle of paint? No. I'm ready to go. I mean, I mean, there's, I mean, anything? No. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right then, prepare thyself. We enter the circle of paint. Ouch! Our, oh, you got you got to step over it. You got to step over the line. If you step on it, it's just, it's just spikes. It's those chaos spikes. <laughs> It's new. We just installed those. We thought it would be dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right, everybody inside, uh, prepare yourself. This season, we've been working on Warcry boards, uh, a whole board worth of terrain, a 22 by 30 inch masterpiece uh, of vision, uh, from from vision to execution, uh, to put models on the table and immerse ourselves in um, uh, an environment. So, and along the way, we've had some struggles. Some of those have been uh, physical, some of those have been emotional, uh, and uh, we've gotten through and we've pressed ahead and we've all made significant progress that we're going to share today. Where do you guys want to start?
1: Talk about what started these ideas, inspiration, where do they come from? Maybe uh, kind of remind people who you know 8.5 episodes they may not remember.
0: And do you want to go? Should we go around? So take each like take that inspiration. Each of us talk to inspiration before we then yeah. each of yeah. Talk
1: about I think that'd be great.
0: Cool. All right, Josh. Okay. Why don't you Why don't you share your inspiration? What made you want to create what you're creating? And give us its name again.
1: Definitely. Well, the you know the War Cry books they all present so many different aspects and the eight points, and I thought it would be really fun to create a board with some modular elements where you could change out the quarter sections add different environments or different settings. So you could have a little bit more detail in the terrain set, but still have it modular enough where you could make it practical and easy to pack, as well as kind of narrative focus where you could change out half the board. So it looks like you're moving into a different region, which might facilitate map-based campaigns or other sorts of aspects that that would be interesting to introduce. So I kind of jumped in with a uh, kind of a swap, jungle, ruin, uh, idea, and uh, kind of working out some some pillared terrain that you can to the, uh, potentially stack an additional board on top to make multiple levels, or have walkways or ruins on top so you have multiple levels in that way, platforms, but also some kind of uh, gutters and sewers that might drain into a swamp, which is another board that I'm kind of thinking about. And um, so that's kind of where that's all kind of melded together, and I've got lots of different terrain ideas as well, but trying to focus on getting this particular project done and then work on a swamp board with some modular elements as well so that I could also use them together. So,
0: and what did you call this space? What is your board called? So these are the,
1: the halls of pandemonium. Is kind of what I think I settled on.
0: So that's your inspiration. Is there, is there story as you've been making this? Is there, are there stories in your head about, um, who lives here, who inhabits it? Um, what they do with it?
1: Yes and no. So it's a kind of a mixture of things because it keeps changing. You know, so part of the the modular aspect, I have you know ideas about adding a couple different levels. Is you know maybe it's, it's an ancient ruin in a swamp area. Maybe it was you know Seraphon, or maybe it was a, a civilization that was in the eight points. It was a blended mixture of races, and then having multiple levels of a of a ruin, almost in pyramid type shape or structure, and then, then maybe this is the sub level where a, Water, you know, maybe the aqueducts or the sewers or whatever, and then having you know multiple levels go up from there or or out into the swamp or area or terrain that's around it. So it could be, you know, uh, you know, just could be an ancient ruin that perhaps the warbands are looking for artifacts, artifact. But I've also put together some ramshackled wooden platforms and bridges and walkways that I can put on top of the columns and down below, and some ruined brick walls to scatter throughout, so it looks like well maybe people have started exploring it and they've started setting up camps and forward stations and, and maybe it's, you know, becoming uh, inhabited by, you know, people who can't afford to live in Karngrad or can't, you know, can't stand to be attacked every day. But, um, but, you know, so, so kind of, uh, kind of, you know, I have different ideas about adding floating skull torch lanterns and other things too, that make it a little more sinister, you know, so it kind of keeps changing, but, you know, and I think that's part of the modular aspect I had in mind, but, it also makes it hard to stay on task because I want to grab one. <laughs>
0: very cool. Very cool. Pavin, you want to go next or should I? Uh,
2: why don't you go ahead?
0: All right. Um, so the shanty town, um, The what it is, um, I guess I'll start with that. And I've, if I've explained it before, obviously this is just to, to clarify anybody who's new listening. Um, the idea is that outside of um, one of Sigmar's cities, be it Hammerhall, um, or um, in this case it could be uh, Bright Spear with Soulbound coming up, or Anvil Guard, um, that at some point the walls stop, right? They wall off the cities uh, and they create their barricades, and at some point they have their their outermost ring, um, and I would imagine, or I am imagining that. There's still people who can't quite make it into that ring, right? There's still people that are drawn to the cities. They want to make a living there or they want to uh, find their fortune there, or it's just easier to get scraps near the city than it is way out in the realms. Um, and so they build their own kind of encampments and it probably started off as a, as a, you know, a bunch of tents and then somebody got some scrap wood or, um, and started building, you know, a small hovel. And then somebody else built one next to it and they started building ghettos and these uh, kind of apartments where they're stacking on top of each other. And they're not up to any kind of code and they're not up to any like uh, you don't you don't discuss with necessarily discuss with your your neighbors that you're going to build there. All of a sudden you've just got nails going into your wall and somebody's built up a new uh, kind of uh, room or two next to you. Um, or on, on top of your roof or something like that. So it's just very organic growth as people have started to try and, uh, claim, uh, pieces of, of wall. Um, and, uh, so the, uh, this, this shanty town is, is, um, uh, very much, I mean, they think of like gangs of New York or, um, you know, uh, something like that where just like houses are, uh, piled impossibly on top of other houses. um, and uh, so it's a place where things could get lost, and, and the, the cities aren't necessarily caring for them. Like, they're, they don't get mail, they don't get uh, sewage pickup, uh, they don't, uh, um, you know, all those kind of comforts of living closer to the middle of the city just are definitely not there. You likely get wild animal attacks. Uh, they probably have their own guard, uh, which is not associated with whatever guard, you know, patrols the wall that they're up against. Uh, and they might even have some infighting with them, so it's very much kind of like this—not um, not quite in the city, uh, not quite out in the realms, uh, but just kind of like this—the um, left behind kind of stuff. Uh, now, obviously, Warcry came out and it was supposed to be a—you know—it's largely about uh, being in uh, the eight points and chaos, uh, but I felt like that there's uh, plenty of room here, so uh, or in this to to kind of take these rules and put them in different settings, of course. And so I definitely imagined, uh, a scenario in which, uh, there are, uh, chaos forces that are kind of, uh, taking root in the outskirts of town, uh, and that might be here, you know, and, and so then the storm cast might, uh, be here to, to, uh, stop that or to, uh, kind of cleanse that out. Uh, maybe down the road we'll get some free people, uh, other free people war bands like the Canaanites, but humans or something like that, uh, that are really, you know, fit to this and and maybe that would go really well um here so um so that's that was kind of uh the inspiration i had drawn some images up early on and and uh had gotten uh a few kits when the war cradle um uh came out with some new kind of fantasy range uh and they they offered to send me a few kits to work on and and it's taken me forever to get this far um and, uh, and so, yeah, that was kind of the inspiration. Try something with these, these beautiful kits uh, and pile them up on top of each other impossibly. Yeah,
1: so a, one thing I was going to add, Eric, is that I think your, your vision and your narrative when you introduced it at the beginning of, of the, season one, are uh, really cool. And I also think that the nice thing about it is you can also, there, there's some D&D supplements I've played in the past where there's this group of people who stumbled on an ancient, city civilization and they're exploring it but you need an outpost so i, I think this could also you know work as the town is an outpost of people who explorers merchants people who come together to explore this ancient ruin the city that they're built on but it's too dangerous to stay in it so they all stay outside of it and this is a stopping point before the adventurers kind going to go in and come out you know kind of thing so it's another vision i had for that so
0: oh, i like it i like that a lot so yeah you got to make do Exactly. All right, Paven. What was your inspiration for? Oh man, your cool name. Insert name here. I'm sorry. I'm trying
2: to introduce it in a cool way. Man, I got nothing. I got nothing today. All right. It, it's, you know it's what, called, Pavin? It, 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 It's it's lowly gitsville, You
0: okay, know. Quit, trying, quit not, trying to be cool. Okay. Yeah,
2: it's not. Yeah, it's <laughs> not my brand. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's not. It's not Hollowheart. You know, it's not. Um, It's not the Black Pyramid. It's just Gitsville. It's only Gitsville Jake or however it goes. Oh, man. I don't even know my quotes. Okay. Gitsville is my inspiration. Um, I wanted to do something that was going, you know, that was my, my primary war band I've played this last couple seasons has been my Gits, my Squig Squad. And um, it was nice to be able to expand kind of that Warband project and not really that Gloomspite Gits Army project into uh, some terrain. Um, so it was supposed to be kind of like a ramshackle goblin fort, um, you know, a place where, you know, grubby, grubby little gits would live. Um And kind of the way that that took shape, one of the ways that took shape is I kind of used the pieces I already had Um, kind of the way I like to do projects is often kind of to expand existing things a little bit or just do something slowly. Um, So I already had the Azerite ruins and I had the Loon Shrine. I was like, okay, how can I combine those in a cohesive way to build like a cool war cry table? um and so it, it was that uh, kind of building on top of ruined civilization which is a theme in age of sigmar because we're built on because kind of the the setting is so like there was a civilization and then it all got messed up and now we're rebuilding on top of it but there was like kind of an intermediate intermini- intermediary period um where like other things are built so kind of these layers so we have azurite Ru- ruins is one layer and then the next layer is kind of non to create like just wooden platforms that um that uh i took off of other kits which we'll we'll talk more when i get into like kind of the design um and then kind of on like the more specific stuff is the stuff that is like kind of coming from the magic coming from the loon shrine so combinations of those pieces can lean harder or less hard in those directions um so that
0: that's that's kind of where my inspiration came from nice uh-huh. very cool Um, yeah, I, the, I was really glad when you picked out those, um, those specific pieces, the, the walkways and stuff, and we'll talk about it more later, but, uh, (laughs) I didn't see it coming, but it's one of those things that like, I've been, I'd been looking for a way to use those myself at some point. I just haven't found it. Uh, and I'm really glad that you did. Uh, Oh yeah. That's a, that's a good point about those platforms. Something I forgot to
2: mention was, um, that it's, I really like elevation. I think a lot of people really elevation and skirmish games really um, is quite meaningful and uh, theatrical. Um, and so I was finding a way to get more in elevation into my kits and those uh, those platforms were kind of the way I've, I've uh, t-
0: turned that die a little bit. So that's our inspiration. We all had a starting place. Uh, we all had something that said, okay, if we're going to, if we're going to create a board, where is it going to be set? What's it going to feel like? Um, you know, um, Josh, you very much kind of created for um, variety to be able to change it up and, and make something new. And some of that came out of some event planning and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Pave End, you kind of took, kind of it started with your army and kind of built out from there and say, hey, where would they live? Where would they corrupt, um, Etc. Um, I had, you know, I had this specific place in mind, you know, against a specific wall. I don't have a name for it, so I guess it's not that specific. Um, <laughs> but uh, at least a very specific like ecosystem uh, to kind of recreate. Um, and so it, it came from a, a lot of different places. And, and I, I'm sure if we were to, uh, if you listeners could talk to us, oh yeah, you can on our Discord channel um, and uh, tell us kind of what inspired you with your board, etc. cetera. Would love to hear from you on that. But you can see it can come from anywhere. It can take a lot of different shapes. Now. Let's uh, let's go same order. Um, why don't we talk about then kind of what we chose to do with the board? What were the main focuses of the board? Those designed decisions that kind of were the essence of the board, uh, where like kind of became the barriers of the board, meaning kind of like it has to have this, it's going to have this. So it starts boxing in your choices. Um, and then uh, kind of maybe where... Where, what, what was that like, the material, the, um, what, what were the ups and downs of that? So, Josh.
1: Yeah, oh, great. Um, so, some of the, the you know, I was kind of playing with the modular concept of the boards. And so, I definitely wanted, you know, four sections, so 11 by 15, so that I could put it together and make a full board. But I could also lay it out lengthwise to make a long board, or I could swap out elements to introduce new environments and new challenges, whatever. However, I still needed to be able to pack it. So I wanted to make it um, with some elevation. So I created the pillars, which are just a little over three inches, to add some height, but also some line of sight blocking terrain. You know? So it's almost like stone trees on this board, because you've got these pillars everywhere. And you can see t- between some of them, but you have to move around them or travel up and over them. And But I made them all so, uh, modular so I could remove them for storage purposes, but also so that I could change out the layout of the board. Maybe it just has columns down each side of the board, but the centers are open and in the bigger spaces in the middle, there are fountains, or maybe there are platforms and altars. So I could change out the narrative of the same board throughout the process. Um, And so I also wanted the pillars to be able to be sturdy enough. So I created kind of a styrofoam frame to hold each pillar in place. So that I could stack other boards or other terrain objects, platforms, walkways, ruins, on top of the pillars to add additional variation and elevation and, uh, and to change the narrative again. Yeah, so, But I, I wanted enough smaller modular elements, so I've, I've also been working with brick walls or other sorts of terrain features to put within and on the board scattered terrain to also add theme, but to add, you know, some structures to provide cover when there's not the pillars and the you know to hide behind. And it just kind of changed the the flavor of the story a little bit. So some of the things I had to have, I I wanted it to be modular. So I I made the four boards and I decided okay I'll make it all the same for this particular dry run. Um, So it's easy to see what it looks like in one full board. But since all the pillars were uh, able to be removed, I could still change it out and make it interesting every time, and and that has been a challenge because there are a lot of pillars to design and paint. So (laughs) I'm still working through that. Um, All of it's in styrofoam, and um, you know the boards themselves are MDF, but then I've been using a variety of uh, different types of styrofoam to make the pillars and this in the brickwork and uh, in the some of the scattered terrain. Cast some you know piles of skulls and brick out of uh, plaster, and, and those are all working well. Made some walkways and platforms out of, of some wooden bits I've got left around, and um, have some ideas for some other scattered terrain to add different themes. You know, some lanterns or lights, maybe some you know uh, debris and other things like that. But um, but I think the main elements I've got now are the pillars, the boards itself. Got the the water channels within the boards each there, which I have uh, drains that I can set on top of the channel to make it look like it ends there. So if I connect it to another board, it doesn't look strange that the water just disappears. But uh, but I also have them open so that they flow in with each other, or it could flow into the swamp board that I'm planning to to make later. So kind of that that sort of element as well. So I've been trying to think of different ways to make it contained yet flexible enough that I can swap it out and change things. So
0: but did, did at any point you curse yourself for trying to go modular.
1: Yes, I did. I did. Uh, well, I, I think it's more, I curse. I love the, the four quarter piece idea. I think it's going to be great. I, I curse myself on how intricate of a first board setup I went with. So I could yeah. have said, okay, Two of these sections are going to have all these pillars. The other two sections will be something a little bit more open, easier to kind of flow. And, um, but I got, I got carried away with the idea of adding additional height and multiple layers of height on all four quarters or wherever I wanted it. And I'm really loved. I still really love that idea, but it's, it has been a challenge to kind of do all the patterns, make all the columns, paint all the columns. And, uh, but, I I like how it looks and I think it's going to be awesome when it's done and I can start adding some of those other elements and show how it all works and how modular it is. Yeah. But it has been a struggle getting through the columns. There's 20 of them. So it's a lot of columns. (laughs)
0: Um, and, uh, was there anything that like major that partway through that you were like, okay, did you ditch anything? Did you, uh, bring something new in, um, Was there was there any big swings in kind of like oh I just made this project bigger?
1: Right. No, that's a good good question. Um, At one point I did adjust the height of the kind of the stone bases for the columns just um, because it it was too high and I thought it was looking off. So I did have to cut those all in half to make it all work out well. And uh, I think other than that I had kind of focused on the four boards with the water, the brickwork, and the columns, and that's all been going well. I had hoped to pour some resin in the, the channels, and I haven't done that yet, so I'm not sure I'll quite get to that before we start taking pictures. And it's it's glossy enough that I'm not sure I need to, so it's still something I'm kind of toying with. Uh, I did decide to add, you know, I had, I had an idea of scattered terrain in general, but I hadn't really pieced anything down. I've got ideas for some chains with maybe some floating skull lights, you know, just kind of wandering around, um, and some smaller details like maybe some rats or some blood splatters on the ground. I haven't gotten to that, those particular details yet, but I did, um, did have some brick walls that I was casting for a variety of projects. And so I've used some of those to add some scattered terrain and I had, uh, piles of skulls that I had put together to make some Necromunda terrain. And so I cast a bunch of those. It's, you know, Ben will also use for some ghoul terrain for his flesh eater courts. So I'll use some of those piles of skulls as, as scattered terrain as well to kind of add some elements. And so those are something I hadn't planned on, but kind of fit the scattered terrain theme that I was hoping to, to add to this project.
0: Nice. Very cool. All right, then I will jump into uh, my progress versus goal. So some of the, um, I guess one of the limitations I had Um, originally when I kind of drew up a a sketch I had had kind of the same I wanted to take one kit like one small fantasy building times six or eight and stack them up on each other so that they had kind of some similarity, some repetition like you might see in like uh, an apartment complex or something like that at the same time that I wasn't sure that was gonna be ramshackle enough or like hodgepodge enough so I was got really lucky that that i did have a number of different kits to choose from and one of them was this big windmill so i knew from the get-go that the windmill needed to be kind of the centerpiece and in in that range uh the gloomsburg range uh from from war cradle it is a centerpiece like it is a, a really good size uh windmill um but i needed it to be bigger i needed it to be taller uh so i ended up uh uh, probably doubling uh, its height. and and some of that had to do with um, uh, like we we've all talked about, like you we need something in there uh, to to go on and to feel like, hey, I want to climb that. Like climbing it in and of itself is a goal. Um, I think uh, there was somebody, I think maybe um, uh, Alexander, uh, Darth Alec in our uh, Discord, had mentioned at some point that height is almost what makes it immersive. Like the higher you go, the less you know, the less flat or two-dimensional this all gets, um, and makes it feel more real. Um, so that was part of it. Um, I had the limitation of uh, trying to make this mostly, if not all, MDF, um, and that's uh, not a material that I've worked a lot with. With I've, um, and not only that, I've, I've I have built MDF kits, and when you build a kit, um, typically you're you're getting them. Um, they've got all the notches and the grooves to fit together you can, you know, I've built the, them to, to the point where like, you can build them in subsections which they usually come apart. But you build them in subsections, you uh, rubber band them, and, and you can have eight pieces drawing together uh, and it's sturdy, right? Um, but because I was sort of kit bashing, I was treating this more like sprues of MDF um, and I'd build like one wall, uh, which might be two layers, you know, a, a stucco piece and then like the timber piece of a of an old uh, fantasy building. I didn't have as much sturdiness. I didn't have as much completion. I was trying to make these facades um, stretch as far as I could. And so another limitation was that I was trying to build kind of, kind of a half circle of buildings um, with the backside going into the wall. Uh, So I was, I've I've got a lot of like behind the scenes uh, MDF (laughs) stuff that's (laughs) getting covered up by other things because it's not important. It's not what you're going to see. Um, and I just wanted this to be able to stretch as far as I could with those kits. Um, and, um, I do think that I am going to end up probably picking up a couple more of them because it'll be just a little bit easier to, to have more, more pieces to, to stretch and to kind of, uh, fan across the wall a little bit more. Uh, that being said, um, the, um, when I, set off on it again I kind of had some idea that putting together an MDF kit can be very simple very easy and these war cradle kits when I did put the initial one together to test it out went together beautifully Um, it's a fantastic um, uh, series Um, but when you're kind of working with scraps and you're working with partial builds part of what made it easy to go together with those when I was talking about that is that you get four walls together and you rubber band them and that's tight and that's secure and it's stable and you can just set it up somewhere and it'll dry When you put two walls together or just three walls together, that's less stable. And so you've got to like be a little more ginger with it. Can't always rubber band it. And, uh, you know, then you got to set it off and let it dry. Um, I, (laughs) today even I was, uh, I've spent, um, taking like scrap pieces of MDF sprue, like the piece that you punch all the, the pieces out of and like gluing them together so that, uh, there's kind of enough to make some six inch walls. Um, that are going to be kind of on the interior where you don't see them. But to hold things up and to to prop up another kind of roof. Scaffolding. Um, <laughs> scaffolding, yeah, exactly. But I have to wait for those to glue or to dry. And then once those are dry, I'm, I'm putting kind of this um, interlocking system, uh, gluing more pieces on there so that they can interlock with other pieces. And then the third step will be interlocking and gluing them together. And then it will be, uh, getting them into the build and figuring out where it fits and putting the stuff on top. So there's a lot more stages here than I'm used to with plastic. Uh, there's a lot more, um, uh, I guess limitations, uh, with, you know, cutting and stuff. I've got a, I've got a little, uh, jeweler saw that I'm using to kind of do my, you know, like straight cuts and stuff, but I almost wish I had a tiny little, uh, miter saw to just, bzz, you know, and cut yep. these. And that. So there's a right. few tools that aren't in my normal tool set that I wish I had to make this a little bit easier. Um, I, super glue if I had more super glue um, that would be helpful too but it, there, you would have to use a lot of super glue on a project like this to get um, you know get things to hold. So that didn't seem like the best answer either. So my progress uh, it is coming together like I have my main windmill building uh, built and it's kind of the, the piece that's jutting out into the middle of the board. I've got uh, two uh, two to three buildings. Uh, two to three buildings jutting to one side towards the wall and two to three buildings jutting to the um, uh, left side towards the wall. And then I'm working on kind of filling in the middle. And then um, my, what, what that is then is just the like building structures. Um, Then it's things like um, awnings and drapery and uh, more, more, you know, putting ladders in more places um, getting um, some, like, hideouts or alleyway um, gunk here and there. Um, I, in my original drawing, I had a, a griffhound's nest, and so I need to find a place to put a griffhound's nest up in the, in kind of uh, uh, somewhere. Have you guys, uh, I'll put it, have you guys seen the Disney Plus, um, or the, the Disney movie Onward? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, you know, it's kind of this fantasy fantasy world that's kind of become a little more mundane and the uh, the 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 unicorn pegasus are like yes. uh, are like rabid raccoons um and uh so that's kind of what i imagine is that there's probably some griffhound pups that have grown around in here and uh they're they're a little rabid uh or maybe just maybe I mean, strays. just strays uh, strays exactly <laughs> something like that so stray griffhounds but things like that that i want to put in to give it some more character as well uh cuz if you get too close they'll bite you so be the game <laughs> rule. um yeah. Any, I don't know if I have anything else in terms of that, that progress. I did not think it was going to take as long as it's taking. Uh, paint is a whole nother thing is knowing what to do to paint this thing in pieces. It's all my, it, I've got it in three main sections, uh, that can stand on their own and then they kind of slide together, which I think is what I'll keep it as. Yeah. Uh, not trying to glue it all together as one big chunk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it may end up four sections, but, uh, but we'll see. Uh, and then it, there's all the scatter and, and other things like that that are um, pretty cool. So um, uh, I guess, uh, yeah. So um, I've got some plans for the windmill. The windmill will still turn, and then maybe have some platforms that you could ride. Uh, there's a, a crane or a pulley system that will pull a, some can pull resources like crates and stuff up to the upper levels of the shanty. Um, so things like that that we can ride, um, and uh, yeah, I've got plans for all of that. Yeah,
1: lots of good ideas.
0: Um, pavement. reality versus, uh, or, or yeah, reality versus what you thought it would be progress. What you got. Okay.
2: Uh, what are we talking about? Like, uh, kind of like how, how to build it, how we built it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Design.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: What were your, okay. some of your, what were some of your like go to, like it has to have this it, uh, and then getting into it. Was that, you know, uh, was that a limitation or was that inspiration? Did it make it easier or harder?
2: well i couldn't do nothing because i was getting <laughs> bullied on my podcast so i had to come up with something um and i was trying to keep the projects like at a level where i could uh finish it and sustain it and um you know uh, it, you know i you know if you go back and listen to the season, season i really struggled <laughs> with trying to figure out what i was going to do um but the way it came down with me is like um you know i saw somebody else utilize the goblin town kit to make a sweet war cry board and give themselves lots of platforms and i'm really i'm all about those platforms um so you know that's that's you know i I sat on that idea for a few weeks and then i was like okay that's what i want to execute on i think that would be great um i already like have goblins that have goblin in the name you know it's going to be a good good um kind of uh good way to make a fun thing to play on um and so, you know, I, you know, I already had my Azurite ruins. They are that is a good starter box. It doesn't have like any ladders in it. Um, it's mostly like wall sections and like a floor, but it doesn't have the same kind of level of interactability that the like the Warcry core set has. Um, specifically, guys, I think the Warcry core set was designed for Warcry, while the Azurite ruins were designed for um, Age of Sigmar. Um, so like you know, buying that uh, Goblin kit and using those pieces allowed me to like, kind of shore up one of those uh, some of those deficiencies I saw, which is kind of lack of height and kind of uh, things to interact with. Um, so yeah, that was uh, pretty quick to paint up um, as far as those platforms once I had an idea of what I wanted. Um, I didn't completely assemble it because I wanted to keep it modular. I want to be able to make a lot of different boards. Um, you know, having 10 cool boards you can make and play a bunch of games on is more valuable to me in the long run than having like the perfect board that I can only play one way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having the experience of Warcry with the randomly generated boards and scenarios, I think that's really great. Um, I had to experiment a little bit to what would look good and how things fit together because, um, you know, obviously the the Lord of the Rings kit isn't designed to co cohabitate with the um age of sigmar terrain um but i think i have pretty good tricks um kind of expanding (laughs) on top of um you know i well i know like this pit this piece fits pretty well here if you put this piece you know this flat um large flat piece of wood up here and then you put a little another piece of wall under here it'll make a floor and you can build on top of that um uh, like additions i made besides painting everything Um, I also uh, added some a little bit of scaffolding onto the biggest pieces of azurite ruins like the the building halves um, that they could support another layer uh, in a way that would look that would both be, you know, you could put models on top of but also would look better. Like, you know, the like specifically the goblins are and or whoever, because, you know, besides the loon shrine, another piece of very uh, fungus terrain I have really any kind of grubby grubby creature could live in these ruins they're not so specific which may be a um which could be a a, could be a benefit could be a like lack of vision on my part um because it's most it's got a lot of uh, games workshop skull and teeth and and wood kind of uh, motifs um But so I like added some more scaffolding to the largest pieces. And now like I have a I have a build that gets me the most vertical height. You know, that was one of the first things I did is like, how high can I go reasonably with this kit? And it's uh, three floors. And so that's kind of like my tower build of the uh, of the tree. Um, And then uh, in addition to that, I also I didn't glue a lot of the Goblin Town together. It has a way it's supposed to go together, uh, but it's more useful to me in pieces. So it's just really just a collection of a lot of platforms and some support beams. Um, but I, in, in addition to the, the, Goblin Town, I, I built a bunch of, um, uh, of ladders and walk, well, mostly ladders out of sprue, um, just so I could have, cause it just, it looked a lot better when you're like, okay, but how would somebody actually get up here? Um, and so it's nice it, it, giving the ladders gives it a more lived in or like functional look to the board. And it's also like game playable, like you can climb up a ladder. Right. Um, and so I added those as well. Um, so that's it. That's all I did. It's awesome
0: yeah no and i i think that uh you know uh, bullying you paid off It's always <laughs> it <Yeah>. always does <laughs> it would have been
1: easier if you both conceded i just gotta say but you know <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you both rose the challenge
0: <laughs> well, that, right, we did have that option didn't we <laughs> here we're just complaining about it but this has really been a gift um but uh yeah is there was there anything that uh that you had planned and you were just like, oh, I can't do that. Uh, this is too hard or too much or bad, bad idea.
2: Um, there were like other steps that I was going to take. And I think, you know, I could talk a little bit about like future additions I would make, but as far as like, I kind of kept my eye on like, all right, what's my MVP, like my minimum viable product that I can, that I can, you know, still show my face and bring to the circle of paint challenge. <laughs> um, and that's like mostly where I got to like everything painted. I added a few extra, like, I don't think I had to add the extra scaffolding. I did that. Um, but it's like, uh, it, it is functional and cool. And I got there. Um, I don't think it's, you know, awesome. there are, there are certainly uh, ways to extend it, but that's, it, that's as, you know, I didn't, I didn't purchase anything that I didn't actually use um, as is my rules. Sure. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, um, with that, then we've all talked a little bit about, uh, future editions. Do you want to, does anybody want to expound or go further with what they would do differently or, or where they're going to take this next?
1: Definitely. Yeah. So as I kind of alluded to, um, I had finished up some trees for a swamp board, um, earlier in the season for, for use in other, other games, 40 K is what I first started making them for, but also plan to use them for War Cry. and um. And I thought, you know, it'd be really nice to have a swamp board, you know, four sections, you know, kind of like I'm working on now. But instead of gluing any terrain in place, I would paint it all like swamp water. And I'm going to make some kind of uh, just cut out MDF sections and then glue some moss on top. And there'll be islands that essentially I can put on the board wherever I want. And then I can put platforms, walkways, root sunken buildings, trees, on the board, whenever I want, wherever I want. And the idea was that I could also take two of my Halls of Pandemonium sections and two of the swamp sections and put them against each other, so it looks like the Halls of Pandemonium gutters are draining into the swamp and allows free flow of, oh, there's this ancient ruin in the swamp, and here's the swamp, and then the forces are clashing, or maybe you've got to get into the ruins to search for an artifact, and you both start on one side of the board, like the Gauntlet mission, you know, so so I'm kind of working on that a particular idea, in addition to um, thinking of the walkways and platforms, which I'll put inside the halls of pandemonium to allow ease of getting onto the, the, the pillars of the columns or walking across them. But I also want to—I've got some vines and other things I'd like to paint up to uh, to also decorate the, the pillars and columns with, so you know, so people can easily see how to climb climb up them. Um, and then, of course, I still have ideas for adding a vertical ruin section so like a small wooden platform that would might sit on four columns or or on six columns and it it adds you know maybe two or three levels of of additional ruin on top of that you know maybe a a ruin a a throne at the top or you know some other treasure room or something and all the warbands have to make their way up to the top you know kind of like the uh, in Necromunda, there's a spire mission where you have to get to the highest point on the board by the end of the game. You know, you could have something similar or something fun like that. So, uh, those are kind of the things I have juggling around in my head at the moment. For once I get this done, you know, what what else am I going to tackle next? And it'll probably be the swamp board and adding those additional vertical elements.
0: So, is that something you think that? Uh, let me ask you this: Would you say that you're ninety percent done with where you wanted to hit? Uh, and then that would be another fifty percent to go after that, or, or how much time do you think that that take?
1: Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty close to ninety percent. Uh, the the main things I still want to finish, I finish need finish need need to finish of uh, painting the columns. Uh, I'm almost there, and then I want to add some mossy elements to to the main board itself, and then at that point I'll be really happy with where it's at because uh, I think I've got enough scattered terrain to add some interest. I would like to, to create some additional theme scatter terrain and uh, make some um, elements to put in areas. If I remove columns, what can I put in that place? And uh, and I think that'll flush that out and its options really well, especially with the platforms and walkways on top. And uh, so then I think in terms of doing the swamp board, I think it'll be a much simpler project because I'm not creating as much out of Styrofoam. I'll essentially be painting the board you know, just with paint, and then putting a gloss layer on it to make it look like water. And uh, making the islands with, with moss sheet will be a piece of cake. And I can still use the same platforms and walkways that I've made to use in the Halls of Pandemonium on the Swamp Board and butt up against it, especially if I start it with two sections at a time. you know. So if I just do two quarters of the Swamp Board, finish that, I can butt it up against two sections of the Halls of Pandemonium. Boom, I've got another War Cry board. And then, then I could work on the other two sections of the Swamp board to add on to that later. So kind of like uh, Pavin was saying, doing it in smaller bite-sized chunks will be easier. So once I finish this first core project, I think it'll be easier to add two sections you know, onto it or above it or whatever to, to grow it over time. Very cool. Um,
0: I, you may have said this, and I apologize if I didn't pick up on it. Did you make a conscious decision or did you use any 3d printed stuff like for all those designs you carved out? I know you carved those out of foam. Mm-hmm. Uh, had you ever thought about doing 3d printing for all of those kind of edge pieces or designs? And was there uh, a reason why you did or didn't?
1: Yep. Uh yeah, that's a great question. I did. I looked at a lot of different uh, patterns uh, available and a lot of, uh, You know, a filigree or Celtic patterns or other sorts of patterns just uh, are hard to kind of shrink down to the scale and print well. Um, You know, so it's not too thick or too thin uh, that you would still get some texture, and uh, and the amount of time it was going to take was you know was just going to delay the project too much. I did 3D print um, the what kind of looked like square floor sections that sit on top of the pillars. Okay. I 3- 3d printed all of those and then I sanded them down really smoothly and then glued those on top. So those, those are the only 3d printed materials I have on there right now. But, uh, but I do think, uh, I'm going to be adding some, like some cauldrons for fire and some other stuff. So maybe some altar materials or statues and those I can 3d print and just add as additional theme or scattered terrain. Gotcha.
0: Did you mention that? And I was just a jerk and didn't hear that part.
1: I, no, I think I mentioned it like one episode what, long okay. ago. So, yeah, yeah I okay. didn't mention it today.
0: No, because I, I, no, I know that there's a lot of people out there that do have 3D printers or access to 3D printers. So, uh, you know, I figured if anybody knew how to incorporate that into their build, you would. So,
1: you know, I do I do now have files for columns, a wide range of fantasy types of columns, which, you know, having looking back on it now, like, well, no, now that I have them, it might have been easier to have bought these before expanded them a little bit and then 3d printed them but i didn't have the option at the point in time i started the project so
0: if you want to make a second pillar board,
1: exactly it. or maybe add the second layer with
0: pillars yeah, <laughs> i can know. print it instead <laughs> um yeah i like as i mentioned i mean i <laughs> i feel like i'm maybe 40 percent of the way done uh which shouldn't uh change how you vote for mine uh you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh if, okay if you want to dock me points that's fine <clears throat> um but uh um, because i know there's a lot to do yet with a lot of surface area to paint and a lot of details and grime and things that i would love to add um and uh and i do think that um what i want to keep working on this uh, because i'm i've almost got the hard part done right i've almost got the structure and the and like the figuring out the angles and And I've got some wonky stuff in here, which really works in my favor because of the shantytown. But if I were building something trying to be pristine, I would be, uh, I would be really missing the mark. Um, most of what I want to do next is, um, one, make sure everything's stable so that models aren't falling off of it. Um, I have dropped a few pieces and they can break fairly easily. Um, so which is another advantage of like the, when you buy the kits, they, (laughs) They, they create such those tongue and grooves and stuff that they don't break. Um, uh, but the way I've made things like it's harder to make it as secure. So, um, but, uh, and then I want to, yeah, I want to get those details of like, uh, not necessarily a working crane where I'm, I've got a, a, a crank that you, you put a model on a platform and you crank and it moves up, you know, or anything like that detailed. Um, but certainly want to make it feel like it, it's a workable crane. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, uh, you know, I've got a yeah some thoughts on it. Um, so you know, those are those are most of the details that I'm looking for. Uh, I've got the wall section uh, behind it with some platforms, which I like it, but I think it just needs a little bit more interest. I think it needs um, you know some more uh, stairways, some walkways, maybe a, a, a platform for guards to stand on the top. Probably need some bird nests and uh, other things, and you know just. You know, all the things that you would expect from a, a really warrant uh, lived in or um, you know something that's seen a lot of time uh, thousands of years maybe um, or hundreds at least um, so yeah I've just got more to work on to, to get it to where I was hoping to get it uh, well, I'm
1: glad me. I'm glad this is at least motivated you to get a good start on it and at least continue working on it
0: I have been talking about it for a while huh oh exactly it's perfect <laughs> for this. <laughs>
1: Uh, it hasn't been a year yet, so it's no, it good. Not,
0: you're right. Hey, I, I could make it not be a year. I've got <laughs> other uh, display boards that are definitely past uh, the two year mark. Um, yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, Pave and, um you know, having been forced into this uh, against your will, um, <laughs> do you feel like you're going to walk away from this scarred and you're going to put it away and never use it again because it brings up bad memories? Or. Do you feel like the modularity you're going to be able to add things to it? Do you have any plans to add things?
2: Um, so in the at the end of the day, it wasn't too painful of a project to do. I, I just had to start it and finish it. Um, but I kind of like my my meal was small enough that I could eat it relatively quickly. Um, so there wasn't any uh, anything too too tricky. I, like certainly the 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 score I'll get up for difficulty in our uh, circle of paint challenge will probably be the lowest of the three of you by far. Um, but, uh, I know I feel good about it. I'm really happy about it. I've been, you know, while we've been making this podcast, I've been trying different configurations, which I don't think I've actually done since I finished it. And is it, looking good. Um, yeah. you know, I can't wait to do the voting, like, you know, um, and we'll, we'll see, we'll see how we all stack up and, uh, I'm, I'm happy to show it off
0: as far don't as you like f- next. Yeah, go ahead. Do you feel like listeners should vote higher for you because it is finished?
2: that is up to the listener (laughs) Uh, the traditional circle of paint rules is whatever you know is in your heart and moving you uh vote for that one yep that's true Um,
0: Move some hearts
2: (laughs) yeah move some hearts (laughs) um and uh, so the the second part of that question i think was like where where am i going next Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly have some ideas. I don't know if, if I will pursue them. One of the things that is um, that would hold me back from expanding this project is maybe I want to work in different palettes and with different um, kind of themes. And to make this a continued continuing cohesive pro- uh, project, I have to continue with a palette and its theme. You know, I can't just like go off and do something weird. Um, you can't so I might be want to sporadic. Do I might, uh, is that because of mushrooms? yeah good 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 good, 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 good. Um, well, you, could do, you could do trees and then you could use it on multiple boards it's true i i think there are more kind of board agnostic ways to to expand it but it, right. it, there still would need to be like a color kind of cohesion that i would feel constrained by um but that said ways i've thought of expanding this specific project and i think i've um talked a little bit on the, on the cast before was um, I would like to add more natural elements as more variety. And I think that kind of um, combination between uh, the, the man-made or goblin-made um, artificial elements and the natural ones looks really good on a board. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be either trees or um, like uh, pillars, or other kind of stone formations where that, you know, uh, I think it'd be really cool if the goblin town was amid some sort of natural feature, like um, like, you know, kind of a the mountainous area or something like that um yeah okay you know, uh, yeah cave yeah the bigger caves ways to that would better incorporate the loon shrine and the train that the kind of the loon train sits in um are something i definitely worth exploring i was a bit inspired by other vertical boards we've seen and and um eric's current build that he has that high wall on one side and i would love to build a high wall for me um because I think that's a great way to stick platforms to and like get that really high verticality without having to like build up a huge mound or, or have like a ton of terrain. Um, so like whether that be a cliff face um, or something, a cliff face is actually what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. it, some you know, it, And it's especially uh, satisfying because um, the background for all my destruction forces, they come from a place called the Hungering Plateaus, which are these plateaus that with the animus of Ger, just kind of go around and eat other uh, things like kind of just by tectonic, uh, uh force. Um, and so like having a big plateau that overlooks this ruined town, I could take my take my board out of the eight points and put it into this this area where I've already kind of mentally and emotionally expanded to. Right. Um, Definitely. But that's it. Those are those are kind of my thoughts for expanding expanding
0: Gitsville. Nice. Shout out awesome. to uh, Jacob Berry uh, for his and his cliffs of insanity uh, that he's uh, kind of put out a, a few months back doing a lot of that vertical. Cause that was inspiration for me. Uh, yeah. So uh, very cool. Now um, what did we learn? Uh, what would we, uh, what did we learn about ourselves? Uh, what did we learn about kind of doing projects like this um, and, uh, and kind of, are we coming out of this process better human beings uh, than, we, than we entered it? Uh, let's go in uh, reverse order because I know it's going to give me a long pause. Pavent. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was hoping. Gotta come back.
2: I Gotta come back. I, <laughs> I was halfway out of the room.
0: Do you need to do a potty break?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I would put in my my other headphones in. Is uh, <laughs> waiting for my turn again. Um, <laughs> No, the question was like, "What did I learn from this project?"
0: It yeah, is about yourself uh,
1: and you know, about
0: myself and,
1: uh, and the project, either or and both.
0: Wow, well, man, we're going philosophical. We're somewhere.
1: going
2: deep. I, should I lay down? Um, <laughs> no. uh,
1: How do you feel just, about this,
2: Paven? <laughs> you know. I do like painting terrain. Um, I don't, I probably don't enjoy it as much as painting miniatures um, because I don't think there's the same level of kind of artistic expertise that goes into it. Like it's a lot of dry brushing and washes. And I think that's the right way to do it um, because uh, you don't want the terrain to distract from the miniatures. You want like it to be a backdrop. Um, And I think, you know, that that's certainly what I did on this project and it made it very fast. And I think it didn't, doesn't take that much away from it that like none of the wood is like highlighted by hand. Like I was just like, I'm only doing washes and dry brushes. And I think that worked out well. Um, I also bought a set of craft paints um, because I was, uh, my children did not have the right kind of variety of browns that I needed. Um, So dad has his own craft paints. They're not allowed to use. um, And that looks fine. Um, So yeah, if you don't want to like kind of use up all of your very expensive miniature paints, uh, you know, I got like $15 for like, you know, tons and tons of craft paints was, uh, was certainly worth it. Um, another thing I worked in is not necessarily this project's fault, but I got myself too deep in the hole as far as like things I had bought and that was on my to-do list. Um, I think I was like working on three separate projects at once and that was like too much and I didn't, and I was like, you know, frustrated and it took me a long time to, um, get them done, like to like catch up and get the satisfaction from finishing things. Now that I have caught up, I feel good, but that was like, I don't want to have that many projects in the, in the pipe, um, which isn't really something I necessarily, this, 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 uh, this terrain project was like just a contributor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that, that's, I think that's it for lessons learned. Um, awesome. Are you a better person now?
1: <laughs> he has his own craft paints. He's happier. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll let the, we'll the listeners decide. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait, a minute, they're voting the on that too? <laughs> too? Yeah, vote for the best person.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Let's right. change the variables here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I mean, he did finish, so I guess he can. Yeah, um, I'm
1: going to finish too, thank hey. you. Hey! Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I,
0: should, I should be the one to stop throwing stones. Uh, <laughs> it's the only way I can feel better about myself um uh josh i'm gonna go crazy josh uh what were what did you learn about yourself or this project tackling something like this
1: yeah i think i think the one of the, main, the biggest thing i learned is that i took too big of a piece to jump onto it for i needed to break it out into some smaller pieces i, I had hoped that uh, by doing it over a longer period of time it would give me plenty of time to design it make it paint rhyme it paint it etc but it was still a very long process and, and uh, I like kind of get a little fatigued and I had to take a break and work on another project real quickly then come back, you know, just like kind of Pavin said to get the sense that, OK, I got something complete. I feel better. I can move back to this and focus again because it just, you know, it was, it's a lot to do. And I had to break it down into smaller and smaller pieces. So I did get good about, um, OK, I'm going to sit down. I can do this for half an hour, which which I sometimes I struggle with sitting down. If I don't have an hour or two hours, I'll just say I don't have enough time. but this project did help me realize that I can, you know, even if it's like 15 minutes, I can still get something done. I'll sit down. I'll work on that. And, um, I did get to try out some new techniques, you know, carving styrofoam, working on patterns, but also trying out some, um, uh, oil paints, which are water, uh, mixable. So th- those have been working really well, especially for the water. And, um, so th- I've been excited to try out some new things and, and test some ideas but it has been a long project because I've been working on it since, as I mentioned, January-ish. And um, so I'm looking forward to seeing the completed project and then building on it in smaller bits and layers so that it doesn't seem as overwhelming. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I definitely think I, I learned some better hobbying um, practices in terms of, like, taking little snippets of time and still getting stuff done so that you can make some headway. But also, you know, breaking it down into smaller pieces and maybe not biting off more than I can chew. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, that's something that I think, I don't I don't know that I'll ever learn. I think I'll, I'll <laughs> bite off more than I can chew. Yeah. Partially because uh, I bite off what I don't know yet, right? Um, right. You're, we're, some of the thrill of this is, is doing something we haven't done before. Um, in the case of MDF, I'm working with it in a new way. Um, I would definitely say Uh, I, there are amazing, uh, MDF kits out there that are for skirmish and, and there's a ton, there's a ton of, of MDF terrain for skirmish and, and battlefields and that sort of stuff, both fantasy, some semi-industrial, if you're running, you know, uh, trying to create a, a overlords board or something like that. Um, and I think that there's room probably for combining some different stuff. Like, you know, you, you have these platforms and on top of them, you have, um, uh, this type of building. But I think trying to more, do more scratch build. Uh, I, I, feel like I moved a little bit into scratch build over, um, uh, kit bashing or maybe just on the extreme end of kit bashing, um, with these. And I don't know that I would do that again. Um, or I would, I would just buy enough kits that I could build them whole and then cut them apart and put them together. Right. Rather than trying to cut like build pieces, Um, So that's something I learned about MDF. Um, I don't hate the material. I haven't painted it, so I don't know what it's going to be like, you know, kind of doing that side of things. So I'm looking forward to to learning more about that. Um, And something that I've kind of known about myself is that, A, um, because this is my hobby, because this is um, uh, kind of extracurricular, this is where I put my energy after I've gotten my work done after I've gotten my uh, family uh, satiated with, uh, you know, dad time or, or husband time or whatever, like uh, this is where I have <laughs> uh, some, at times it's the thing that I have the most energy for. And t- sometimes it's the thing that I have to do last and have the, the, the leftovers. And so it has to be something that I'm passionate about. It has to be something I'm really excited about. Um, and uh, sometimes that means that it's not the thing that I should be doing in terms of like, finishing up something so i've got some some trolls here from uh you know our last episode that are probably 75 percent of the way done as a whole uh and i just don't have any motivation to finish them it's it's not um because i'm just my mind is actually sparked on the mdf thing so i've just been working on this um i have that uh, fulmaride that at the beginning of kind of our quarantine i was like all right i want this i want to sit down with this piece and I spent a ton of time, you know, maybe 15, 20 hours on that piece over, you know, uh, a few days. And so it was just like, that's what I wanted to work on. That's what I needed. And I need to follow that a bit, right? I need to to follow the muse. Um, that being said, uh, once I got into this, uh, once I started making progress, I was able to find that pretty easily too. So um, it's it's that that probably a balance between finding what, what you're immediately like on a whim. What do I feel like? And let me sit down with this for a little bit and see if I can conjure the muse. Uh, so that's one aspect. And, um, uh, you know, I, like I said, I do sometimes bite off more than I can chew, which means that some stuff does maybe not go unfinished or I find something else. So that's not something that I enjoy about some of my hobby. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, the, the part about, you know, making sure that I find a, a reason to be passionate about something is some, definitely something that I, uh, work on in my, in my personal life. You know, my kids are pretty easy, but work, work stuff to find a reason to enjoy it, find the why behind it and, and, uh, you know, uh, make sure that, that, that you're putting yourself into it. So, mm-hmm. um, I am a better person, but not because of this.
1: <laughs> that works. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um uh so yeah anything else you guys want to talk about um uh, i guess we could go through the nuts and bolts of what we're going to do uh to to show these off um and uh get people's uh, votes on them right
2: yeah sounds great <laughs> all
0: right <laughs> pa- oh paven you're back <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. i've been here oh okay um I was talking, so I didn't really pay attention. Um, the so last time, what we did is we put uh, we had our, our our models in our local store for votes, and we combined online votes. Can't really do the on the store stuff at the moment, so we're gonna go strictly online votes. Now, last time we did a, a free uh, kind of like Survey Monkey, uh, thinking that we weren't sure how many people were gonna vote, but we had uh, surpassed the hundred vote limit. Uh, so thank you guys for all of that. So what we're going to do is we're just going to put out a post on Twitter. We're going to put a post out on the Warcry Facebook page uh, group. Uh, we're going to put out a poll on our Discord. And any of those places uh, that you want to vote, go ahead. Try to just vote in one place uh, that's easiest for you, and vote for the one that you uh, for what whatever moves your heart. As we uh, uh, is that's in the rules, uh, moves your heart, then vote on it. Um and uh, and and we'll tally those up, and we will make an announcement of the winner uh, as soon as we know that, uh, and then we'll, if, if you don't follow us on Twitter or Discord, uh, then rude, uh, come on. Uh, but <laughs> otherwise, uh, when we do open up Season uh, 3, we'll announce uh, the winner, we'll announce, uh, we'll talk about what, uh, if we get a chance to play a game or design a game, uh, because what's at stake is the winner gets to host the other two in a game on their board uh, and they get to design the scenario and and all that, that cool stuff. Uh, Anything else you guys want to add?
2: No, I think that's going to be a great start. I got some last words. Uh, I think we should be super excited about what the future holds. Like, you know, it's unknown kind of what is, uh, when we'll be back, but we're certainly going to come back and we got like a new, we got a bunch of new releases coming out of games workshop. We got a new season of Warcry. We're going to be able to start playing games together we got a new circle of paint challenge that uh, we, everybody can do along with us, or just root for your favorite host. Um, and then we got to play, get to play our circle of paint game, which uh, last season I think that was my favorite game of the uh, of the season. Was uh, was hosting Bear you God. all and uh, trying to smash you with my baron guard, and then losing to Eric suddenly. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: <laughs> but, uh, make those dreams come true, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, uh, and a quick uh, shout out to. Uh, to gork's poking finger on our discord for predicting the idea that perhaps in a future season of war cry each of the cities of sigmar will get their own war bands uh which would be a, a very cool amazing idea um and that's a wrap thanks for listening to the past two seasons onward and upward it's time to put a muzzle on this episode. If it was a good, good dog, support the show with a positive review on iTunes, sharing it with friends, joining us for hobby discussions at themotorealms.com forward slash discord, or leave a tip at themotorealms.com forward slash patreon. More content is available at themotorealms.com and on Twitter at Dogs of Warcry. We can't show the follow And to go to the of war cry